The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss the Bills' victory today over the Chargers 27-17 to in Orchard Park to go 8-3 in the season and help their 2020 Super Bowl push. We'll go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. We'll also tell you where the Bills stand in the AFC, who they would play if the season were to end today, and also our weekly podcast giveaway. But first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. And fellas, going into this game, the Bills were coming off a bye week where the last game they played was an absolute heartbreaker against the Cardinals to put them at 7-3. and three. We talked about that last time we talked to you guys two weeks ago. And, you know, going into it, you wondered if they could rally after the bye week, you know, against a team that wasn't that good. They were 3-7. and seven. Um, But the Chargers team, I think, is a little bit better than their record shows. And it was a game where the offense committed three turnovers today against the Chargers. The Bills overall had nine penalties for 85 yards, but the defense stood up and won the game for the team overall, and the Bills' run game finally got going in a big way, and I was encouraged by what I saw today. It wasn't, again, it wasn't a pretty win. I don't think the Bills, I don't know if the Bills will ever win a really pretty game, but uh, nonetheless, the Bills got the W, and was really happy at the end. The Bills were never really losing at any point score-wise. Uh, but I, I came away pretty confident. I'm excited for where the Bills go from here on out. Um, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on the game as well. John, where do you think? Uh, what did you think of the Bills in today's victory? Well, of course they were going to win. I mean, the, the Chargers are 3-7, three 3-8 three three now. 
the Bills are coming off their bye week. They're firing on all cylinders. They're eight and three now. Uh, they got the run game going. Just like you said, the defense has shown improvement the last several weeks. Um, in fact, they they helped the Bills win the game today. Um, so like that that the, during the home stretch here, that's going to be perfect. Um, I'm just excited. Thirteen and three. Let's go. What about you, Mike? It was a great game to watch, Nate. I it was exciting. I think the Chargers' record does not do them justice. They're a tough team, right? Earlier in the season, we saw them lose to the Chiefs by three, right? They the the Bills beat them by the widest margin of any team all season. So we can say it was too close, and maybe it was, but I think they're, the Chargers are a quality team, and we're just happy to get the win. Yeah, you know, Sean McDermott extends his undefeated streak after the bye week. He's 4-0 and as the Bills head coach after the bye. And I don't know about you guys, uh, I'm kind of glad now it's way too early. It's, 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 I shouldn't even be mentioning it, it's so early. But I thought Justin Herbert looked pretty good. Mike, you mentioned about how the, the Chargers aren't really as bad as their record may look. Um, and I think after looking at the questionable play calling and strategies of Anthony Lynn, I think maybe if that's exactly how it is for the Chargers each and every week, uh, that might be one of the reasons why they're three and seven as opposed to um, a better record of three and eight now, as it were. Uh, but again, it's way too early. I think Justin Herbert looks like a really good young quarterback, and I am pretty happy that the Dolphins pass on him. Now, Tua might be amazing, but now that he's injured, uh, we haven't seen a ton from him yet. But Justin Herbert looks really good. Did you guys get that feeling at all after watching him today? He didn't look like a rookie. No, I mean, I've I seen him a couple times earlier this season, too. He does look good. Um, and that's great point about Tua. Like, I mean, so, like, oh, everybody thought, oh, he got benched or whatever. It turns out it was an injury. Well, that's not surprising either. So, you know, I, I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do with their quarterbacks going forward. But um, if Tua's healthy or not, not. But, no, you're right. I, no, Herbert looks good. Yeah, absolutely. It looks good. Um, but I didn't. There weren't points where I was like, wow, either. Like yeah, Mahomes, right? I didn't get get that sense. No, not no, not on that level. He, he I mean, he is a rookie. Uh, again, not Mahomes level, but like you know, Allen was a rookie. He, you know, there yeah, good some similarities there with <laughs> good, you know accuracy, good point. That, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Compare Josh Allen as a rookie to Justin Herbert as a rookie. Yeah, that's your comparison. Not not necessarily Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I think you will always be disappointed for most quarterbacks when you compare them to Patrick Mahomes just because he's so freaking good. Um, but, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we'll still see. I mean, Tua might be amazing. Um, and I'm always hoping, I'm always rooting against, obviously, any team in our division. You know, if the Jets get Trevor Lawrence, obviously going to hope that he's not the second coming of Patrick Mahomes or whoever else. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought, you know, I, I thought in general. But Herbert is starting, right? Because they... I mean, the charges you have to th- like, they just seem inept. Like, they can't get out of their own way. Like, Tyra, would Tyra Taylor be starting if they didn't um, puncture his lung? Puncture his lung. <laughs> puncture his lung. Like, talk about a guy that's snake bit, man. Can't catch a break. Who, Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. Oh, Tyrod's had so many opportunities and he just never seizes them. So, the, the, the punctured lung notwithstanding okay that was a freak thing that is an awful thing i would never wish that on anyone and i like tyrod taylor as a person i just didn't think he was a very good quarterback and i think that if you had to choose between tyrod taylor right now and justin herbert i mean oh my god 
Like, how could you ever choose Tyrod Taylor? But it's like, what is that called? Uh, Mike, you're a baseball fan. Wally Pipped. Did Tyrod Taylor, he seems to get Wally Pipped everywhere he goes. <laughs> sure does, right? Then after the Bills, it was with the Browns. The Browns, yep. And he got Wally Pipped by uh, by Baker Mayfield. He seems to just like, he. he's always just like the placeholder quarterback until the, the rookie is ready to take over. He's the opposite of Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he never. They usually, Un- yeah, Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick always finds a way to get that job back. He like, <laughs> he like always loses it, and then he always gets it back, <laughs> and then he always loses it again. Well, it's usually because he comes, he goes to a different team, right? And oh, that's a different starting quarterback, and then he has he has to wait till he sucks, and then Fitzpatrick can come in. And who would he go in with at the Hall of Fame if he went right now? He would he go in as a Dolphin? Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? <sighs> no, he's got to go in as a as a Bill, right? He was there, he was here the longest, wasn't he? John, I think he was here for five years, four years. No, I just mean I don't mean a specific John. I just mean like who who do you think he would go in as? I think he may have spent more time here, but I think like where you end is um maybe leaves a little bit more positive impression on you. Right? He basically gets fired everywhere else, right? Would you say? I I'd say if he brings a team to the playoffs, which I don't believe he's done, I think that would be almost like the gauge of where he should end up. Maybe if he went to the Hall of Fame, end up as that team. Like if he if if he ends up going with the Dolphins to the playoffs and he ends up leading them to the playoffs, I think that especially over Tua, I think that that's probably where where he would end up. What do you think? I I think in general you would go with who you were with the longest, but I mean there would be extenuating. Like if you won two Super Bowls with another team, then yeah, that might be right. What are you guys talking about? The whole hypothetical was if it ended today. Buffalo. It's not like, oh, he Buffalo. won three Super Bowls with this other team. Yeah, of course. Buffalo. Let's see. He was with Buffalo one, two, three, four seasons. He was with St. Louis for two, Cincinnati for two, Tennessee for one, Houston for one, New York, Jesus, New York Jets for two, <laughs> Tampa for two, Miami for two. Oh, my God. Um, guy's like a roach. You just can't kill him. He just like... <laughs> So he spent the most time with Buffalo, and I didn't realize it was five. Did you say four years compared to just two in Miami? Yeah, this is his second year in in Miami. He's been yeah four years in Buffalo. Feels like five. <laughs> well, he was with Tampa Bay for two years before that, and then he was with. The, it feels maybe it feels longer because he was with the Jets too in the same division for two of those years. So it just it's like that. I want to I want to like you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Just stop playing in my goddamn division so i can root for you um you said five with buffalo four it ended up being four so just as many with the bills as with the jets and dolphins combined yeah yeah he has never he's had one winning record as the jets quarterback the 10 and 6 so he doesn't go in as a jet though right no way no buffalo bills i think he's the second highest passing yardage for the bills in franchise history or something like that after Drew Bledsoe? 3,832 yards? That sounds uh, right. Okay. But anyway, so... <laughs> I don't know how we got on that tangent. Um, that was fun to talk about. But uh, <laughs> Allen didn't have an amazing game today. It was Speak- okay. It was... <laughs> 
<laughs> that reminds me, I got to tell this quick story. Um, I was walking my, uh, my wife's late grandmother to her car. This was like, we were still dating at the time. So this is probably like eight years ago and she was still alive. And it was like after a family reunion and I was walking her grandmother to her car because, you know, she was like in her eighties. So she needed some help. So I helped her get in, you know, I held her arm and I put her in and I was like, Oh, you know, it was great to see you, Kay. And she was at the age where like there was no filter or anything. Like she just told you exactly what she thought. And she was just like, meh, it was all right. <laughs> like, oh, all right, well, have a have an excellent night, Kay. And I will talk to you later. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't even upset though. I was just like, yeah, I respect it. I respect the no filter because you know we'll all be like that at some age. Um, anyway, speaking of... Um, quarterbacks and Ryan Fitzpatrick Josh Allen didn't have a great day today um, we'll go into it more in the stats of the game but uh, he struggled a little bit holding on to the ball and also making some decisions with the ball throwing it maybe when he should have or trying to throw it in like it's not a hero ball as much as like trying to make a play happen like it's almost like backyard football where he's going down and he tries to like flip it to a wide up Mike you you love that play when we would play Thanksgiving football that was your that was your go-to if if you were going down you were and you weren't you know you were being wrapped up and someone was in the in the process of bringing you down you were just like hey who's you you were looking around to see if you could flip the ball to someone so that's I think it add, it has an element of excitement with with Allen and I think he's getting better year to year week to week um it's fun to watch and a defense they're not used to playing such an athletic quarterback yeah, I agree. Right? I, I I love that about him. The only thing that this is, I feel like he gets injured on all those plays. Or like today, there was that because he was trying to flip the ball to a receiver um, on the outside, which uh, which again I was I was excited to see him do because you'll take that any day of the week if he hits a wide receiver open, and the guy runs for forty yards. You're just like that was the most amazing play on earth. But um, this was a play in the second quarter where Joey Bosa had him wrapped up and he tried to make a play and then he got bent over on his ankle and you wondered, is he done for the season? He's pounding the ground. He's in pain. He's in agony. And it was just like, as a Bills fan, you're just watching this. And especially when you watch the replay, it looked like he broke his ankle or hyperextended his ankle or maybe his knee or a bone or whatever. And he went out of the game and he needed a little bit of help getting out. And then you saw Matt Barkley come in and Matt Barkley just, I mean, he didn't have a chance. His first play, he was the, the entire offensive line blew up <laughs> and um, you're just like, there goes the season. And somehow Josh Allen, like a freaking superhero comes back in the game and finishes out the game. And sure, he didn't have an amazing game, but God, it was so good to see him in the game compared to the alternative. Um, that was out there for one play. <laughs> Did you guys feel that same sigh of relief when you saw that potential injury happen and then it didn't happen and Allen played the rest of the game? And not only that, he was running he was running pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I had the exact same thought. I, you know, Allen's on the ground on his knees with his head on the ground, pounding his fist into the turf. I thought the season was over. Um, uh, Barkley, you know, I, I was optimistic with him still coming in, but I, okay, he took the sec, but like the Dude was unblocked. <laughs> can't do much about that. <laughs> nope, nope. That's that's Barkley's fault. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Allen coming back in and like even the the announcers you know said it like, oh, it looks like his ankle's okay. You know, because all those runs that he kept doing, so it was good to see. It was just awesome seeing him being able to get off under his own power, right? And like you, 
clearly it didn't feel good, but more of a roll than a break. It's, how old is he? 23? 24, <laughs> maybe? 25? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. The same thing might not happen when you're if you were Tom Brady, right? Oh, no. Tom Brady had to pulled a Joe Theismann on that one, I think, right? Like, geez. That, w- that looked scary. It looked like it could have been a Joe Theismann-like injury. The way that his... I, I never saw the Alex Smith injury, but I know that was like a, a compound fracture too. That could have been one. Especially as, as as big and as strong as Joey Bosa is. I mean, he's one of the best defensive ends in the league, and he showed it today for sure against the Buffalo Bills offensive line. Um, let's go into our stats of the game. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. All people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. The Stats of the Game segment is brought to you by our Public store. If you go to tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod, like our Twitter handle, Circling the Wagons Pod, you will find there is a Cyber Monday sale going on right now for everything. It's 35% off, $13 t-shirts, $35 hoodies, any size, any color, um, and all of our designs are on there. We have over 20 plus of our own and over 50 altogether from other independent artists. Um, if you guys are looking for a gift for a loved one, for a friend, or for yourself. Three words for you. Treat yourself. <laughs> you should check out tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And there's a ton of Bill's designs we have there. Thank you all for supporting us, the ones that have bought shirts or hoodies or coffee mugs or whatever. They have a ton of things on the site. And, um, you know, we've just ha- grown leaps and bounds over the last three years. And we only put out designs that we ourselves would buy or have bought in the past. I own a lot of these designs myself. I, I purchased them for friends and family members as well. And it's something you should definitely check out because like I said, it's a sale is their biggest sale of the entire year. And I always get compliments whenever I wear these shirts and hoodies everywhere. And I really appreciate that. And the Alan Diggs 2020 shirt is still selling for some reason. I thought after the election, the no one would care about that, but uh, Alan Diggs 2020 making touchdowns great again is uh, still doing really well. So thank you guys all for supporting us. And to be honest, um, we don't make a ton of money off that, but we just use it. I just use it to purchase signed jerseys and memorabilia for you guys to give away on the podcast. So um, anything that you guys buy, I mean, just comes back to you guys in the end. So Thank you guys all again. Again, that's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Let's go into the Bills side of the ball. Josh Allen was 18 for 24, 157 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. So not an amazing game passing yardage-wise, especially compared to what we're used to. But again, not not an awful game all around. He was 75 percent completion percentage and sure he did make some poor decisions the one interception that he kind of threw up in the air and uh and he did have the fumble obviously but um you know it it wasn't it wasn't an awful game but it or it wasn't a great game by Josh Allen but it wasn't an awful game and the defense luckily held uh the Chargers to only 17 points after the Bills offense put a you know uh 
turn the ball over three times. So I think that's a respectable. I think you got to give credit to the the char- the Bills defense and the run game. And speaking of the running game, Devin Singletary had 11 carries for 82 yards, 7.5 yards per carry. Zach Moss had nine carries for 59 yards, 6.6 yards per carry. So an amazing game by the Bills run game. It was like, it's almost like opposite world today where the the Bills passing game wasn't great, but the Bills defense was good and the Bills run game was good. Um, the leading leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills today, Gabriel Davis, three receptions on four targets for 79 yards and one touchdown. Stephon Diggs, second leading receiver, seven receptions on nine targets for 39 yards. Cole Beasley, third leading receiver, third in Cole, third in Cole Beasley, two receptions on four targets for 25 yards. Um, I don't know if you guys could feel that by listening, but John and Mike gave me their biggest eye roll ever at the same exact moment. Um, uh, Devin Singletary had three receptions for 20 yards on three targets. So a good game uh, receiving the ball. And Zach Moss had two receptions on nine targets or two receptions on two targets for nine yards. It feels like when you're reading the stats, like Diggs just got robbed because he had that long um, bomb, right? And it's the pass interference call. Like maybe we should be adding that yardage in. Oh yeah, then he would have been probably the leading receiver of the game. Okay, which, and like which... it, it all happens because of his talent, his ability, right? What What was that play? Was that uh, Was that the offensive pass interference, or no? Was it called back for holding? Do you remember? I think that was earlier in the game. Um, Diggs went out. It was a long pass. It was close to the end zone. Just it short... led to the first Bills touch right before the Knox touchdown. Yeah, right before then, and it was a defensive pass interference call. It felt like 50 yards. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, in that, the air. Gotcha. The, the actual defensive pass interference. Yes, exactly. That was huge. That was a 47-yard penalty. Absolutely. That was huge. You add that to his That's total. <laughs> you add that to his total, and he has more yards than Gabriel Davis on today, for sure. So nice to have a have a Bills player that has the ability to cause pass interference like that because he's so good. And also a quarterback that's willing to throw it up to him. And speaking of um, quarterbacks willing to throw it up, um, you know, Josh Allen took advantage of that free play, uh, which was nice to see. And uh, we don't see it happen that often. So taking advantage of penalties. Um, we see it with every other team, particularly like Green Bay, right? Aaron Rodgers is awesome at doing it. Mahomes is great at doing it. And finally, the Bills are catching on. And the defense jumps off sides and the, the flag is as clear as Anyone, right? Even us, those of us watching at home, like the Bills have finally recognized that you should be pushing the ball and throwing deep because there's no downside. Absolutely no downside. He could throw an interception and it doesn't matter. It's coming back for the offsides penalty. <laughs> Literally, there's no downside. Like before, I feel like for the last 20 years, we've watched quarterbacks just like run the same play. It's like, oh, free play. Like, Mike, you've been talking about this on the podcast sporadically for the last three years. Like, why don't they take advantage of that play? Why don't they just... And Josh Allen is the first quarterback we've seen in a long time that's taken advantage of it. Oh, like, like literally, as soon as the ball is hiked, he sees the yellow flag. So rather than like, oh, let me let me pass this six-yard hitch route like they always do, like quarterbacks, like, let's just shove it downfield. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, and he came down not, with the ball. Not even that. The Bills haven't been that good. They'll take a sack or throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> take a sack out of free play. When literally all you have to do is just like toss it up there whenever. <laughs> Good call. 
Um, on the defensive side of the ball for the Bills, um, AJ Klein leading the way. I don't normally bring up tackles, but he was a leading tackler for the Bills today with 10 tackles. He was a leading sack, uh, sacker, sacker of the Bills, <laughs> sacker for the Bills with one and a half sacks and three tackles for loss. You also had um, Jerry Hughes with a half sack and Ed Oliver with a sack today, which was awesome to see. And then Tredavious White with the interception in the fourth quarter. Let's go over the Chargers side of the ball. Justin Herbert. Real quick quiz for you guys. Just curious. Um, How many passing attempts did Justin Herbert have today? How many passing attempts did Justin Herbert have today? Because I read this and I was like, oh, I'm kind of surprised by that. I can give you his yardage total, and then maybe that'll help you guess. 316 yards, one touchdown, one interception. How many pass attempts? How many completions did he have? Ah, (laughs) You're like, how many completions did he have, and what was his completion percentage? No, 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 no. I'm not letting you do your, your backwards math and arithmetic. I feel like John always goes first. Mike, how about you? This game to me, Nate, like a lot of it felt like a blur. I sat there watching it. Um, and I just something about it. I have a lot of difficulty recalling specific instances, specific plays by Herbert. It it did seem to me like trying to think back that Eckler accounted for like 80 percent of their offense, whether it was handing him off the ball, um, the short little passes. And it felt like it, the game would have been a lot different if they didn't have the Chargers didn't have him to rely on. Um when you say you were surprised by the total, honestly, I don't know if you were surprised as high or low. So I'll try and push the decision onto John and say thirty. Yeah, that's that's the whole point. I wanted you to really, I wanted to really make you think. I'm glad I didn't give it away. Maybe I'd be better at poker because I was still was terrible at poker. <laughs> I think based on what Mike said, I almost think I I, I, I agree about the Eckler stuff, but I almost think that nate would be surprised that it would be high because of that so i'm going to go 31 higher (laughs) that's how many completions justin herbert had today 31 he threw the ball 52 times today you believe that wow that's no that's that's a lot that's a lot of passes (laughs) Um, i'm shocked doesn't it seem odd for especially anthony lynn i always thought he was more of a of a run heavy coach at least he was with the Bills. Of course, you know, look who they had at quarterback. But um, they were never down by that much the entire game. So it's interesting that they were forcing the ball that way. And Mike, you mentioned Austin Eckler. How many receiving yards did he get for Eckler, though? Like, did he get a lot of receptions? Yes, he actually, I'm gonna, I, I was going to go into Eckler. He had 25 touches today. So you're mentioning, like, you felt like he had, Eckler himself had 11 receptions. He was a leading receiver. For the Chargers today, 11 receptions on 16 targets for 85 yards. I mean, if you played him in fantasy and PPR, that's 20 points right there, just receiving the ball. You know, hopefully you didn't play against him. Hopefully you played him. But, you know, and then he also was a leading rusher, obviously, with 14 carries for 44 yards. And the Bills' run defense only allowed 3.1 yards per carry for Austin Eckler. I thought they did a good job in the run game. I think a lot of it, I mean, the, the Chargers were utilizing a lot of more screen game than the bills have seen all season. And it felt like they were doing a decent job at that. And then it also felt like for the first time, the bills were using a screen game <laughs> almost like they were like, Oh, you think you guys can do that? We'll try to do it too. They just weren't as good at it. But like, 
well. I mean, looking at it, I'm like, hey, this is pretty good that the Bills are often offensively trying to attack them this way. So I was just surprised by the amount of attempts at Justin Herbert. And like you said, Mike, you brought up a good point. It all just seems kind of seemed like a blur. Um, there were a couple of defining moments, but just a lot of like back and forth. Then it was three and outs, then it was long drives or whatever. It just it, it had a weird feel to the game. Um, Joshua Kelly was the next leading rusher for the Chargers, seven carries for 35 yards, five yards per carry. I mentioned Austin Eckler being the leading receiver. For the Chargers, Hunter Henry was the next leading receiver, seven receptions for 67 yards on 10 targets. Tyron Johnson was the next leading receiver, two receptions on four targets for 63 yards. Keenan Allen had, this is interesting, he had four receptions on 10 targets for 40 yards and a touchdown. Four receptions on 10 targets. Wow. Um, they just couldn't really connect that well, and that might have been part of the difference of the game today. As far as turnovers go, um, obviously Justin Herbert, or I'm sorry, uh, Justin Herbert had that one interception to Tredavious White. You want to talk about, um, you know, we mentioned Joey Bosa earlier. Joey Bosa had seven tackles today, three sacks, and six tackles for loss. He had seven tackles today. Six of them were for loss. Like, wow. (laughs) He's good. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers and much more. So stick around. Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show for today's victory over the Los Angeles Chargers 27 to 17. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you for joining us. I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike. Now let's go into our Sweet Sassy Molassy plays of the game. Sweet Sassy Molassy. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. Our Sweet Sassy Molassy plays of the game are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. And I'm going to start off with you, John. John, what was your Sweet Sassy Molassy play in today's victory? For me, it's got to be the Cole Beasley to Gabriel Davis touchdown pass. The flip for Beasley. Beasley, touchdown! The play, it was a perfect play call, and it was perfectly executed, and it was, I love fun plays like that, so, you know, anything like a flea flicker or like a, something like that, or, you know, I just love it. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was exciting. That was exciting, especially because you saw Cole Beasley get the, get the screen pass, and you're just like, there's a guy that's about to hit you right now, Cole Beasley. <laughs> Please I was throw worried the ball. for a second. I'm like, why did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> the guy was covering him so well. It was not, yeah. <laughs> Mike, what about you? What was your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? Nate, for me, it's got to be the defensive stand by the Bills in the fourth quarter when it was fourth and one. Uh, the score at that point was 24-14, and the Bills just swarm, make the stop, and I think that was a defining play for the defense and the whole team. That was huge. The Bills were only up by 10 going to the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, it was a huge stop by the Bills' defense. Not one that necessarily stands out um, automatically like the Cole Beasley touchdown, but, I mean, a great play by the Bills' defense. Stop them when they were well within field goal range. So, yeah, I like that one. I'm going to go with John's Cole Beasley yeah, and touchdown. Just, just let me re- – Yeah, go ahead. Like, that kind of goes into the Anthony Lynn. When Wouldn't we all have – like, I was surprised they were going for it with that down distance situation like you kicked a field goal there and you're only down by seven right it, like things would obviously play out much differently but then that <laughs> the the last series the 
Hel- Bill's giving up the Hail Mary, and it changes everything if, if the Chargers aren't incompetent um, with the time management and the decision-making. Yeah, that's a great point. Anthony Lynn made some very questionable decisions. It's so nice, isn't it, to be on the other side of seeing that, seeing your team, so un- nice. <laughs> seeing your team unravel mentally. <laughs> and it's like playing an eighth grader and or an eighth grader, an eight-year-old in Madden. Like you play one of your cousins at Thanksgiving or something, like pre-Corona. But, yeah. <laughs> right. That- like oh. They wouldn't have kicked a field goal, and Anthony Lynn doesn't kick field goals, apparently. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, there's funny. Uh, there was just a bunch of times where, like, he called a time. He was going to run a fourth down play, and then he called a timeout to either punt the ball or kick a field goal or whatever. Like, he wasn't ready for what was about to happen, and then he changed his mind. He had to burn a timeout. That reminds me a little bit of Sean McDermott, his first season coaching, except this is Anthony Lynn's, like, third or fourth year, <laughs> and, like, nothing's changed. So, like, if, if Bills fans ever – you know, want to criticize Sean McDermott, him having the ability to learn from his mistakes and get better is definitely not something that you can criticize him for. And we see it now. And it's so nice being on that side. Hey, Mike, speaking of beating up on your cousins, like the first time I remember when we first met in ninth grade, becoming friends and you had me over to your place to play PlayStation. And I was like, oh, this will be cool. And we played game day. And I was like, oh, I've never played this game before. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this would be fun. And then you beat me like 72 to 6. <laughs> and I'm like, doesn't he know I don't even know how to play this game? <laughs> you were just like, you were Bill Belichicking me the first time we ever met. I'm like, I don't think this kid likes me. I think he just literally invited me over just to just to curb stop me in game day 97. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever played like a PlayStation, like I didn't even know what an X and an O was. I think the last gaming system I played was like Sega Genesis. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> you learned, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did get better that way. I did get better that way. Um, Do you really want somebody like hand feeding you? I don't. Sean, <laughs> right? Would you want somebody to let, just let you win? I agree with Mike. Yeah, I know you agree with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not upset about it. I just held a grudge for the last 20 Seems. years. <laughs> I just think about it roughly once a week about how Mike Mike couldn't just let me have a touchdown. <laughs> I didn't even know what the plays looked like. I'm like, what am I looking at on the screen? Are those plays? Is that a run play? Or is that a pass play? What's the triangle button? Um. Anyway, L1. Our, football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> eventually i figured mike out he wasn't too hard to game plan against after i figured out the game but um <laughs> mike likes to pass because you always look at the other person's screen <laughs> <laughs> there was there was there was one play where mike and i didn't talk to each other after anyway we'll do into another podcast i don't want to go off on any more tangents but uh my sweet sassy molassie play the game was the Cole Beasley 20 yard touchdown? John, I accidentally hit pause. <laughs> I was trying to call a timeout, but he spiked the ball right then. No, no, that's not what happened. And you know it. What happened was it was a field goal to win the game, and there was no time left. And Mike paused the game in the middle of me about to, me hiking the ball and about to kick the I field tried goal. To, free- to freeze the kicker. Yeah, well, you press the wrong button because start doesn't do the timeout. It was select does the timeout. So, so John, let me set the scene for you. It's at the part where, you know, like the little meters going back and forth for like either the 
the direction of the kick or the power. It was it was the power of the kick. And Mike paused it right then, right? Like when you really need to know what the meter is going to go. Is it going to go left, right, up, down? And uh, he paused it right then. So, of course, you know, it already started. So <laughs> when he unpaused it, I didn't have the reaction time <laughs> to put it exactly where you need to be. So I missed the field goal and I lost the game. How long was the field goal? It was a makeable field goal. Like 55 <laughs> yards. Yeah, right. I could easily, I could still, 55 yards in Madden is like a 30 yarder in real life though. You could make those easily as long as you don't have a garbage kicker, <laughs> you know, especially on the level that we were playing. So what what kicker did you have? No, oh, geez. I don't, you're talking. Yeah. So anyway, uh, geez, that's another thing. And you're just trying to bring up all these, all these old arguments we've had, <laughs> all these old quarrels. By the way, that was on vacation. Mike Mike's family took me on a on vacation with his family. That wasn't awkward the next day while we were talking to each other. <laughs> we were talking to each other like, oh great. Like I'm like, well, well, Nate, I guess you better swallow your pride because uh <laughs> you're still with his family for the next three days. <laughs> I mean your family's really nice and all. It wasn't hard, but um <laughs> funny. I had to be the bigger man, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It takes it's like that Michael Scott. It takes a big man to admit his mistake, and I am that big man. I was that big man, even though Mike is still the one that's wrong. Um, I Mike. So so the fourth and one stop was definitely important. Um, I like the Cole Beasley touchdown play. Um, I, I I'm also going to give an honorable mention to the uh, to the to the free play that uh, that that Mike mentioned earlier where there was an offsides and Josh Allen threw the ball to Gabe Davis down the field for the 44 yard catch. Um, but of course, right after that, Josh Allen fumbles the ball, <laughs> the next, the very next play. So it kind of gets uh, lost in the shuffle of how amazing that play was, but all right, let's go into that was, so those, those were the sweet sassy molassy plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. And now let's do our Gettysburg play of the game. Four score and seven years ago. So our Gettysburg play of the game is brought to you also by the Del- DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. And we mentioned, so a few pods ago, we kind of came up with the idea of uh, a, a play that changed the game, the momentum of the game one way or another. And it's something that the listeners, you guys reached out to us several different times over social media and email saying we need to bring it back just like... Just like so you guys know, Mike and John, everyone's been reaching out to me about how amazing Third and Cole is and how I should never give it up and it's the best nickname ever. But regardless, you guys really liked the Gettysburg segment as well. So um, momentum changing play of the game. I also put this on Twitter so we have some cool responses on that. Um, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say the Gettysburg play of the game is when Trey saved the day white, a.k.a. Trey payday white, a.k.a. Takeaway Trey White, aka Trey Goliath Academy White, aka Trey Hey White, had the interception in the fourth quarter to stop the Chargers from driving. At, the, at that point, the game was twenty four seventeen. The Bills, if the if Trey White doesn't get that interception in Buffalo territory, I believe it was thirty something yard line then it's possible that the Chargers actually get back in that game. So I'm going to give the Gettysburg play of the game to Tredavious White on that one. 
John, what about you? What's your Gettysburg play of the game? Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that one. Um, for most of the, you know, the first half and the, the Bills had the momentum. And then, of course, they lost in the third quarter like usual. Um, I don't know if the Bills ever got the momentum back, but they, I think, halted the Chargers' momentum. And, and that was one of the defining plays. So I agree. I can't add anything. I agree. One thing I'll add to my amazing play of the game for the Gettysburg play of the game is that uh, Josh Allen not breaking his ankle and not getting injured by that Joey Bosa sack or takedown in the second quarter. That also might have been the Gettysburg play of the game because um, we didn't lose him. We could have lost him for the entire season or longer. If it was a compact compound fracture, we might have not have gotten him for the 2021 season or part of it. Um, so looking back, that might be the Gettysburg of the season right there. That that might be the uh, Josh Allen's ankle might be the wall of famer for the game. Ooh, ooh, nice, John, nice. But before we go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers segment, um, I put it up on Twitter about extra credit. What was the Gettysburg play of the game? And I got some responses. Dave Thorpe wrote the Beasley touchdown throw. They were doomed after that. Ulysses writes Ulysses. That's awesome. We were talking about the Gettysburg play of the game. His his handle is at General Ulysses Eight. Um, I like to think that he came up with that handle just for this segment, um, but um, odds are, in reality, it's probably the real Gen- General Ulysses S. Grant. So um, he writes in White's INT. Mike Graham writes in Trey White's INT was massive for us. Um, CS writes Anthony Lynn's timeout usage. Any of them? That was awesome. <laughs> um, Richard W. Griswold wrote, this could be the play of the decade. And it was the last play of the game where he, and he tweets this this uh, Barstool Sports uh, video clip where um, there's three seconds left and, and Justin Herbert like tried to do a QB sneak and everyone else is going for a pass at play. And Barstool Sports' description is, fuck it, let Herbert die. By And it's a, written by the Chargers offensive line. <laughs> Um, anyway, it was funny. Uh, Matt Robinson writes the fourth down stop pick one Buffalo ceilings writes each of the 97 turnovers. Uh, Mike Princelli Princel writes chargers running with six seconds left. Uh, cam with a K writes has to be Trey white's pick. Rob Gillisey writes Gettysburg play of the game whites interception and Mountain Marty also writes Trey White interception. So thank you guys for adding that for the um, Gettysburg play of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. I actually forgot a couple of really cool stats um, from our stats of the game segment. And uh, John, actually, you had a really good one for Stefan Diggs based on his reception total and where he stands in Bill's history and how he could actually... Um, catch one of the Bills greats and one of the Bills great seasons um, offensively. Yes. So through 11 games, Diggs has 80 receptions, which is one of 12 times that has happened in Bills history for the whole season. He's on, so he's on pace to get 116, which would break the franchise record. Uh, Molds has the record at 100. Wow. If you look at the top, 12 currently um, molds has four in the top 12 and Andre Reed has three in the top 12. And then there's um, some one-offs, Prilis Price, Lee Evans, 
Stevie Johnson and Larry Centers. That's crazy. In his first season, he could break the receiving, the reception record for, wow, that's amazing. So some other cool stats, tight end Dawson Knox caught his first touchdown of the season, becoming the 12th different bill to catch a touchdown this season. Stephon Diggs had seven catches for 40 yards, um, had the most catches through 11 games so far with 80. Tredavious White recorded his second interception of the season. White has 15 second-half takeaways, which leads the league. Cole Beasley caught two passes for 24 yards. uh, I'm sorry, pardon me. Third and Cole Beasley caught two passes for 25 yards and also threw a touchdown to wide receiver Gabriel Davis. It was his first career completion. He also established a personal best for receiving yards in the first 11 games of a season with 667 surpassing 647 yards in 2016. So Cole Beasley having a great season. The Bills had 23 first downs, marking the 11th consecutive game with 20-plus first downs, which surpassed the previous franchise record of 10 games in 1992. And Devin Singletary caught three passes today, extending his receiving streak to 20 games, the longest by a Bills running back since Fred Jackson's 26-game streak between... Uh, 2013 and 2014. All right, now let's go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers for today, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Let's start off with the wall of fame. Wall. All right, I did John last time. Mike, who do you put on your wall of fame in today's victory? For me, Nate, it's got to be A.J. Klein. He had 14 tackles, 10 of them solo, three tackles for a loss. And honestly, a lot of it is a function of just the disparity, how he started the year when Milano went down, and then how he's really turned things around the last three games. We'll have to do an awards uh, podcast at the end of the season, and I think most improved player He's got to be up there. He's got to be one of the candidates and the nominations for most improved player, like you said, based on how the first half of the season has gone and the last few games. I mean, they, they've either finally found the scheme for him or he's just playing out of his mind. And, and, uh, and yeah, he, it's showing. I'd okay. like to, they got to send him after the quarterback every play. Yeah. <laughs> Let's him do something like he, his coverage is not a strong suit. No. Um, I mean, he wasn't perfect. There were a lot of plays where like he definitely missed a guy in the backfield where he could have had a loss to a running back or, 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 you know, a screen pass. Um, he wasn't perfect, but yeah, he, he did have a, he did have a good game. And like you said, maybe it's just the disparity between how bad the first part of the season went. So John, what about you? Who's on your wall of fame in today's victory? Well, for me, it's gotta be Joey Bosa, right? He, he was the best player on the field today. And I, before you guys say anything, this is not unprecedented. Super Bowl five, Colts and Cowboys. Colts won the game. Cowboys had the MVP of the game. Wow. So you're basically, wow. So someone that lost the Super Bowl was actually the most valuable player of the game. I, I guess, wouldn't you think that the most valuable player is the player that impacted the game the most? So you're saying the the, the Colts won, but like it was just like they were all really good. There was no standout, so the Cowboys actually had a standout. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I missed that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you missed it by not being born at that time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to watch that one. But uh, you know. <laughs> the 60s, 
sixties. You weren't you weren't even a twinkle in your your father was yeah, father was like a child. So anyway, um, that's interesting one. Could you imagine if that was an actual like in the Wall of Fame like that that that's how it was at at uh, the Bill Stadium. There's a wall of fame, like in, in another player from another team is in. Like you have Bruce Smith, Daryl Talley, and then like Emmett Smith is right next to it. It's just a funny thing to think of. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> I'm going to put um I'm gonna put up a couple of things. I'm gonna put the Bills run game. This, these are ones that I don't think have been on the wall of fame at all for me this entire season. The Bills run game and the Bills defense. <laughs> Which is like they're usually on the wall of shame for me. And I'm going to give it to the Bills run game because the running backs collectively ran at over seven yards per carry today combined in a game. And that's nothing, in my opinion, nothing less than astonishing for the Bills run game that was struggling so much this season, even against terrible run defenses, um, to be over seven yards per carry as a group is amazing. The Bills defense also only allowed 17 points. Um, after the offense gave up three turnovers. So solid overall showing that the Bills um, can improve internally in facets of the game as the year goes on. So which should um, hopefully definitely bode well into the postseason. No jinx. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm i also going to mention, you know, Josh Allen's ankle <laughs> as, as one of my wall of famers because Josh Allen ankles, you know, state strong, man. That's a that's a good ankle right there. That is a solid Solid ankle that we have. Um, let's go into our wall of shame in today's victory. Shame. 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 So wall of shame, John, I'll start with you on this one. Who are you going to put on the wall of shame in today's victory? So I, d- I didn't really have a specific player in mind for this. I just thought that, you know, down the stretch, the the discipline w- wasn't quite as there with with. The, all the wacky penalties, some of them not deserving. Um, and then the execution by the offense wasn't as good in the second half either. You can be as generic as you want, John. I gave it to the entire defense and half the offense, so you don't have to be specific. Uh, Mike, who's on your wall of shame for today's victory? For me, it's the turnovers. Allen had the fumble, then Singletary had the fumble. Allen had the interception. It's just it's tough to win games when you lose the turnover battle. I think they were they were kind of fortunate to come away with a win. Yeah, that's how good the the defense was. That's why they uh, made the wall of fame for me. All right, I'm going to give the wall of shame to uh, the offensive line trying to stop Joey Bosa. Um, they just they just didn't do a, a good job of it at all today. And Bosa, I mean, obviously Bosa is one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. He had three sacks today, six tackles for loss, and one of those tackles for loss uh, was on third down on a QB sweep where it was like third and one and. Both Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris completely missed Bosa coming through, and he was taken down in the backfield. Um, and then Gabriel Davis was also, for some reason, lined up against Joey Bosa on that play. Just not an ideal setup and not an ideal execution. Um, they just didn't seem to have an answer for it, but luckily, you know, the Bills were able to run the ball, so it didn't end up mattering. Um, let's go into so So I also want to give uh, some shout-outs to the folks on Twitter. So every... After every game, win or lose, I post on Twitter. If you're not following us, please do. It's at CTWpod, like at Circling the Wagons Pod. I write a post, something to the effect of who is your wall of who or what is your wall on your wall of fame and wall of shame in today's victory. So I get a lot of great responses from listeners um, and some followers. So I'm going to read some of those today. 
So Dave Thorpe writes in. Dave, this is Dave is one of the winners of our John Brown signed jersey from our Instagram contest. By the way, follow us on Instagram at ctwpod as well. He writes Wall of Fame Anthony Lynn. Thank you for the ineptitude. AJ Klein is the man. Tra- the man is transformed. McDermott won a challenge. <laughs> That's true. Now he's like three for uh, twenty eight. Now I think. Or three for 44. I can't remember. Um, Wall of Shame. The refs, garbage again. A bad day from Josh. Hail Mary defense. The whole second half made me feel like I need to take a shower. (laughs) And the Gettysburg, he writes. Now he gives us a Gettysburg. The Trey White interception despite three offensive turnovers and seven plays. Those were all good. uh, That was an amazing tweet by Dave. Um, We didn't mention the Hail Mary uh, defense. Uh, The Bills got burned again at the end of the game. By Hail Mary, luckily it didn't end up mattering. It wasn't for a touchdown, but it was a long pass from Justin Herbert, and there were like six Bills defenders again around uh, the receivers, and a receiver came down with the ball. So uh, not ideal. Um, I'm not too worried about that. I did put a poll on Twitter asking if Bills fans were worried about it, and last time I checked, 74% of Bills fans are still worried about the Bills' ability to defend a Hail Mary-like pass at the end of the game or at the end of a half or whatever. Um, so Bills fans are worried. I'm not worried only because it's such a rare play to begin with. Um, and I feel like the Bills losing two of them, it's like, geez, you might as well you might as well play the lottery or something. It's so unlikely to happen. Obnoxious Ram writes, Wall of Fame, A.J. Klein, Tredavious White, Cole Beasley. Uh, I think he means third and Cole, but um, he's, he writes Bees in this one. Um, and Gabriel Davis. The defense and then Anthony Lynn coached his team into a loss. Yes, he did. So nice seeing it from the other side. Wall of Shame, he writes, Allen and Singletary better have left the stadium carrying footballs. (laughs) Toast Johnson for his deflection and the jump ball. Toast Johnson. He must mean Taron Johnson. That's funny. The revolving door that is Brian Winters. Yeah, the Brian Winters experiment at right guard needs to end unless it all of a sudden starts getting better because uh, at least with AJ Klein, like we didn't have a better option and luckily he ended up getting better. I don't know if um, Brian Winters is better. I can't imagine that Ike Butker is worse. Um, and I don't think he has been worse the last couple of games. Um, and now that, you know, John Feliciano got moved over to left guard, I'm really curious to see what the, if they make a move at the right guard spot next week uh, and moving Brian Winters out of that right guard spot. Devin Brown writes in, Wall of Fame, to my favorite Bill and unquestioned backbone of the defense, A.J. Klein. Oh, my God. I love the snark, Devin. <laughs> the sarcasm is just palpable my favorite bill and unquestioned backbone of the defense well Devin, he's been the unquestioned backbone of the defense since he since he got here and pretty much the entire season so i'm glad you wrote that wall of shame to anyone scheming the blocking or carrying out the blocking of joey bosa gettysburg of the game trey white interception nice wall of fame klein again wall of shame bills i'm sorry this is andrew ensing Andrew writes, Wall of Fame, Klein again, Wall of Shame, Bill's second half offense, Gettysburg play, the Mosses run with a penalty. Now, we mentioned how dumb, I think we mentioned how dumb that penalty was where Zach Moss had like a 20-plus yard run and then he threw the ball behind him like every single running back or receiver has ever done after going out of bounds, and they threw a flag on him for an unsportsmanlike misconduct. So instead of the Bills having the ball like, the Chargers 20, they went back to the their Chargers 49-yard line. It was ridiculous. It was a terrible play. Again, the Bills having to play both the other team 
and the referees again. And I'm not saying this at all as a biased Bills fan. <laughs> He's uh, AJ Tharp writes, Wall of Fame, our defense for holding them to 17 despite multiple offensive turnovers and Cole Beasley for the glorious TD pass. Wall of Shame, offensive turnovers that just can't happen. And if this and if that was a better team, we would have lost today. Protect the ball. <laughs> Good point. If there wasn't the three and seven Chargers coming into town across country, and mind you, they were suffering major losses on the defense. Uh, Melvin Ingram didn't play today, and a lot of their secondary didn't play. So, uh, yeah, if this was a better team, the Bills might not win that game. Buffalo Ceilings writes, Wall of Fame, God help me, AJ Klein. Sure looks like they've figured out how to use him. <laughs> Wall of Shame, anyone pretending to be a football player in between Joey Bosa and the ball. SMDH. Emma 21 writes, Wall of Fame, def- defense showed up big time. Special teams played really well, minus uh, Corey Bohorquez constantly kicking the ball into the end zone. Um, Wall of Shame, I shouldn't say that. He did have one good, really good punt. Anyway, um, wall of shame. Josh played like a rookie. Refs had some bad calls, penalties. This is the most undisciplined Bills team I can remember. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> there were some terrible penalty, penalties today, that's for sure. Gettysburg play the game. Emmett writes, White's interception. Happy to get a win, but this game didn't inspire much confidence moving forward. Well, luckily, how this game ended doesn't change how the next game goes. Com- two completely random instances. And uh, yeah, yeah, the Bills, I think we all as a Bills fan base just have to realize that the Bills may never put together a complete game front to back, side to side, but um, they're eight and three. So really that's the most, and really they should probably be nine and two <laughs> after not winning many, uh, many pretty games. Mike Graham writes in wall of fame, Anthony Lynn, his decision-making won us the game. Credit to our defense for stepping up. <laughs> Anthony Lynn. Wall of shame, Josh Allen. These types of games are the reason I'm still worried about his adil- his ability to take us deep into the playoffs. Also, the refs, what on God's earth were they doing? Now, he also writes, also wanna, wanted to add our team's discipline needs to get better. While the refs made some questionable calls, our team still commits penalties at the worst possible time. Not just this game, it's every game. Lots of people are are banging on the penalties, and I really can't I'll blame them for that. I will say um, to Mike's point about his his unsureness uh, or uncertainty, I should say, about Josh Allen being able to lead us deep into the playoffs. I mean, Josh is, I mean, he'll have games like this. Like I mentioned, he was 75% passing. It wasn't a great game by any stretch for Josh Allen. He only completed or he only attempted 24 passes and um, they were just running the ball so well that they didn't. I mean, there were definitely some questionable plays, but I mean, Josh Allen has shown the ability to have amazing games. I mean, if this was the Bills playing against the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs, I mean, he could have... I He still has to prove it in the postseason, but I guess I'm just not as worried about that as as I feel like a lot of fans seem to appear to be, at least on Twitter. Bounce back Bill, brother Bill, writes in Wall of Fame, never thought I'd say this, AJ Klein. Wall of Shame, the Hail Mary defense. Absolutely. Great point by Bounce Back Bill. You actually got... Our co-host John on Twitter, John almost never tweets anything on Twitter. John tweeted, Bills by a billion. So, Brother Bill, you can uh, be happy that Bills by a billion is uh, is trending, man. Sean Lonigan writes, Wall of Fame, big payday Trey. Bills did all they could to lose this one, but Trey pulled, pulled out his big balls and saved us. <laughs> also, that aggressive 
Also, that passive-aggressive ref. Excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> so you guys can't see this, but uh, we each, whenever we Skype in together for the podcast, uh, we, we all have our own backgrounds. Usually Mike and I have the same background we always have. And John always comes in with a new background every single week. And the first background he had, he had which is the one he currently has, is uh, Josh Allen spinning the ball in the end zone after running the ball into the end zone for the touchdown <laughs> and him getting flagged for the 15-yard penalty. I love that play, by the way. I love uh, Josh Allen getting all fired up like that. I don't care that it costs us a 15-yard penalty. He doesn't do it all the time. Let him have some fun. And then the second one, which John's showing right now, um, he just changed it, was that passive-aggressive ref with the players walking right in front of him. He's like, excuse me, thank you. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. That was one of the more memorable plays uh, of today. <laughs> I love it. I love how Sean Lonigan always writes in like big balls, big dick, or whatever. <laughs> uh, don't ever change, Sean. Wall of shame, Sean writes, Bill's hands. Hold on to the ball, you dopes, or you'll be at Geico in Cheektowaga like me. <laughs> Sean Lonigan. Sean Lonigan working at Geico. Hopefully that is all an alias and I did not out you and where you work and you just outed your exact location. So uh, you have to assume that I may write this. Sean, or maybe, you know what, this could potentially get you a raise or maybe a promotion at Geico. So uh, Josh Allen's Stan account writes, Wall of Fame, AJ Klein. Wall of Shame, the refs with two awful unsportsmanlike calls. There was that one on Ed Oliver, too, um, where he hit Justin Herbert. That did not look unsportsmanlike to me. It looked like he was running, and he hit him with his elbow, but it didn't look like he was trying to intentionally hurt him. It looked like he was trying to knock him down. Um, anyways, we didn't get a, a replay of that because of, well, because CBS. So Jason Statham writes, Wall of Fame, AJ Klein, the guy is stepping up big time. Wall of Shame, the O-line, looked a bit shaky today. End of the day... We won the game. It wasn't pretty, but we'll, we're still 8-3. and three. Joe Forrest writes, Wall of Fame defense, playing like last year's team. Give it up to the third and Cole touchdown pass. Yes, thank you, Joe. He also writes, Mike and Bill, or Mike and John can suck it. Um, Wall of Shame, the, <laughs> Wall of Shame, the CB, he didn't say that. I said that. Wall of Shame, CBS broadcast team, will not miss them over the next four weeks. Offense not holding on to the ball and being aggressive, also not putting the Chargers away. Gettysburg play the Trey Day's interception. Phil Zone Ready writes, I want to be the first to say <laughs> Wall of Fame AJ Klein. Not sure who bottled this kid up in the first half of the season, but they're clearly a fool. <laughs> well, we have some of the best listeners and tweeters to the show. Um you guys are you guys are crushing it. Wall of Shame, Dable playing Josh Allen like it's twenty eighteen. It's going to get him killed. <laughs> and Phil Zone, Phil Zone Ready is the one that came up with the Save the Day Trey moniker. And he wrote, 8-3, go Bills, Bills Mafia. Mike, 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 what day is it? Writes, Wall of Fame, defense. I'm always going to read your tweets no matter what, Mike, because I just want to say that every time. Mike, 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 what day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. So Mike, 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 what day is it? Writes, Wall of Fame, defense came to play. The wall of shame, bad penalties, and turnovers. Ulysses is in. General Ulysses is in again. Wall of fame, the defense, especially White and Klein. And Tyler Bass. Gives a gives a nod to Tyler Bass. We have not talked about Tyler Bass at all today and, and the great season he's having. Speaking of, you know, most improved player, um, 
Bass should be in that conversation too. Wall of shame, he says, goes Allen and the offensive line. So I'm going to read a little bit more of these do more of these than I normally do, only because we didn't read any last week in the Cardinals uh, win over the Buffalo Bills. Actually, two weeks ago, Josh Allen Stan writes Wall of Fame. Anthony Lynn's game management. I legitimately have no idea what he was doing, but I loved it. I. I think if you're watching the game, I don't know if Anthony Lynn knew what he was doing either because he looked very confused a lot on the sidelines, it appeared. Wall of shame, Josh Allen, Stan writes, turnovers, got to tighten up. We are lucky they weren't playing a better team. Allen looked shaky. Mark writes in Wall of Fame, Taryn Johnson, fourth down defense. Yeah, Taryn Johnson had that big pass defense. Wall of shame, the entire offensive line, er, offensive hole. Nice. Adam Talmage writes, Wall of Fame, Trey White kept Allen to four, kept Keenan Allen to 40 yards and an interception. AJ Klein led in tackles and one and a half sacks. Wall of Shane, turnovers. All of these were crucial and late in the game. Can't make those against better teams. Wow, you guys are all you guys are all on the, the same page as that. Turnovers is huge. Pass defense is also Wall of Fame. Bosa was a one man wrecking crew. Need needed to prepare better for him. Added to now he writes and added to the wall of shame. Did the defense not practice jump balls for the past fourteen days? That grinds my gears the most. Yeah, good call. Carl S. G. Wright writes in that was some ugly football. Uh, wall of fame. The guy who taped Josh Josh's ankle because I don't know how he didn't break his ankle there. And then he also writes in A. J. Klein. Wall of shame. The penalties and Josh who was totally lost on the field today. Bill's loser QB club writes wall of fame is AJ Klein. He stepped up again and the wall of shame is Daryl Williams. Bosa kicked the crap out of him all game. Yes, he did. And single-handedly kept the chargers in that game. Yep. Uh, Bosa, Bosa, I feel like had success against Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams, but mostly against Daryl Williams. It appeared. And then he, speaking of Deion Dawkins, there was that one stupid like holding penalty where Deion Dawkins literally just took his guy and threw him to the ground. And they called that holding. And I, didn't really agree with that. Again, just a weird call. And I believe that was a play that actually had some positive yardage. And Kathleen writes in, Oh, it's a lady. Wall of Fame, AJ Klein, Trey White, and Cole Beasley. Wall of Shame, I think you mean third and Cole, Kathleen, but I get it. I get what you're saying. Wall of Shame, Josh and the timeouts. Dion Dawkins and the refs. Bogus penalty on Moss. Good call with you. <laughs> she writes, now this is interesting. I agree with a lot of folks who say Wall of Shame, the Hail Mary defense. I'm telling you, they need to nip it in the bud before it becomes a quote-unquote thing. <laughs> oh, it's already become a thing, Kathleen. It's just a matter of, can they stop the bleeding now? Or is it just... I? We, we got to talk about that real quick. Just, do you are you guys worried about that in general? Or do you think that's just... I mean, it's just unlikely. Like, it's never going to happen again. Well, it happened twice. But, like, it's never going to happen again now, right? No, I'm not worried. Well, why aren't you worried? It's happened twice in two games, and it almost cost. It and didn't cost. Many, how, and how many? How long has it been since the game before that? I don't know. Why don't you just tell me how long? <laughs> I, I have no know. idea. Exactly. I, have, I I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. So <laughs> it's just weird that two times in a row it happened, and yeah, it's unlikely. Like you rarely see that successful ever, and it happened twice. Mike, are you worried at all about that, or do you kind of look at it? Like John does, it's just unlikely. It is what it is. Because seventy four percent of people on Twitter are a little worried about it. It didn't seem like the Bills 
had the intention of swatting the ball away. Agreed. It looks like they're trying to catch the ball, right? And while like an interception looks great on the stat sheet, it's not the smart play in the instance, right? No. These guys got to get their bonuses, man. That INT. <laughs> no, you're right. It needs to be batted down. They 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 need to employ a an uppercutter, like we mentioned in the in the Bills Cardinals game, a guy that just literally just stands there waiting for someone to come down with the ball and just keeps uppercutting the air until <laughs> until the ball that's caught gets popped out, right? Megatron writes in, she says, I'm going to leave it on that. Megatron writes in, she says, Wall of Fame, AJ Klein, question mark, question mark, question mark. Am I sick? I don't know, but he made some major plays. I'll also throw Beasley in there. Wall of Shame, turnovers, and the refs. Josh is 50-50 because the ankle issue looked rough, and he played through it. Had some good runs, but also made some dumb plays, for sure. Not one of Josh Allen's better games, for sure. I, I'm going to need you guys. If you guys believe in the third and cold moniker, I'm going to need you to keep... You tweet at me, you email at me. I'm going to need you to start adding it in these tweets for Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame, just to prove to Mike and John that you guys don't hate it. Um, <laughs> Richard W. Griswold writes, Wall of Fame, Klein and White on D. Moss and Singletary, despite the fumble. Beasley... To Davis, he writes Beasley to Davis. Wall of Shame, the refs in the Twilight Zone, the No Fun League, Anthony Lynn. Actually, Anthony Anthony Lynn should probably be on your Wall of Fame just for because he helped the Bills win. And then Bosa, championship level player, no tangible front office or coaching support. That's what happens if you luck into the first overall pick. You get a player like Joey Bosa or a third overall pick or whatever it was. Chris Allegret writes, Wall of Fame, the defense played well today. Wall of Shame, not sure what was worse, the turnovers or the refs. Notable Wall of Shame, Beasley's throwing for him. Hey, hey, he connected, didn't he? That's all that matters. Doesn't matter how nice it is. Just need to get it there. Surprised you didn't do that. That's what she said, John. Philip Whitaker writes in, Wall of Fame, Klein and Davis. Wall of Shame, again, second half play and Hail Mary's. Laura writes in, Gabriel Davis, Wall of Fame for sure. Ashley writes in, Wall of Fame. Beasley, th- by the way, shout out to the lady listeners on the uh, on the on Twitter and everything uh, like that. That's awesome. You guys have always come through since the beginning. Ashley writes in, Wall of Fame, Beasley and Davis, Wall of Shame, second half offense. Ian writes in, Wall of Fame, Gabe Davis, Zach Moss, Trey White, AJ Klein, and Twin Peaks in Knoxville, Tennessee for having the game on. Nice. I hope you were social distancing, Ian, and wearing a mask. Wall of shame, (laughs) team ball protection. Nice. Twin Peaks in Knoxville, Tennessee. Nice. Michael writes, wall of fame, the running backs. Wall of shame, Allen's carelessness, and the zebras. (laughs) The referees. He also writes, wall of fame number two, AJ Klein. He was money today. A. Landmesser. A. Landmesser writes in, Wall of Fame, Klein, got to give credit where it's due. Wall of Shame, spending the last two weeks not working on Hail Mary defense. <laughs> Eight six four five one one three two zero. hashtag wear a mask writes, Wall of Fame, Coach Anthony Lynn, who did everything he could to seal a Bills victory. Wait, he's not on the coaching, he's not on the Bills coaching staff anymore? Could have fooled me. I'm sorry, guy. I, I butchered that one, but that was a good one. Bills Mafia Rochester writes in Wall of Fame, Gabe Davis and AJ Klein. Wall of Shame, Brian Winters. Ugh, Brian Winters. I'm going to read some new, we got some new tweeters in. UCF Guy 02 writes in, must be from the University of Central Florida. Wall of Fame, Buffalo's running game. Wall of Fame, 
Buffalo's defense, other than the Hail Mary, which we apparently haven't learned not to go for, the interception. Wall of shame, Dawson Knox is blocking. Wall of shame. You don't have to write wall of shame after each one, just so you know, UCF guy. I know you're probably new to this. Maybe you're a listener. Maybe you're new tweeting into that, but you can just do wall of shame once because I'm like uh, Ron Burgundy on the Anchorman. I just read everything like like it's a teleprompter, so I don't have the ability to to differentiate. <laughs> and that's not your fault. That's my fault, but I'm going to help us both. Wall of shame, uh, Buffalo's pass blocking. It was an ugly game, but we pulled it out. For sure, Dawson Knox is uh, blocked. Dawson Knox did redeem himself with a touchdown pass. Mind you, when he caught that touchdown pass, the first touchdown pass of the game for the Bills, I thought he was going to drop it. Josh Allen put it in a weird spot behind him, but, I mean, uh, I've never seen a more belabored catch in my entire life. Thank God he held on to it. Big R writes in. Big R. I like that one. I should just call myself Big N. Big N. Big R writes in. Wall of Fame. A.J. Klein, 10-plus tackles and a sack, and the D as a whole. Kept an explosive team under 20 points. Also, Anthony Lynn for being a good coach again in Buffalo, but this time as an opposing head coach. Some really bad decisions. Did he also bet on the Bills' spread? (laughs) We're going to go over the spread for next week's game in a little bit, Big R, but uh, he also writes, Wall of Shame, Josh, and Motor for turnovers. Now, I will say one of the the things, the good things about winning today uh, game over the the Chargers is Anthony Lynn blew us out um, several times, including the Tyrod Taylor Nathan Peterman game, um, which I believe they won thirty seven to seven over us. And then the last time when Josh Allen was a rookie and he was tossed in at halftime, or was no, that was just that was Josh Allen's first start, and the the Chargers really beat up on the Bills that game. Um, so I do not feel bad at all for beating Anthony Lynn. He's destroyed us the last couple of games. Um, Haley K writes, she says, wall of fame, definitely AJ Klein, wall of shame, awful turnovers. Todd writes, wall of fame, Roberson. I don't know who that is. That must be the referee of the game, perhaps. Uh, wall of shame, everyone else. Who is Roberson? Do you know who that is, John? I have no clue. I'm going to defer to um, maybe he's... Maybe meant Roberts? I mean, Andre Roberts didn't have that good of a game. Anyway, wall of shame, everyone else. What a sloppy performance in all aspects coming off a bye. A win is a win, but that was awfully hard to watch. Big Nick McDermott fan, but most of that is on him. That could have been better. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rag on the team. I I'm gonna take the win and kind of walk away um personally. Adam Stoddard writes, Wall of Fame, the defense looking more like they did last year. Wall of shame, ball security. <laughs> Absolutely. Daniel Markowitz writes, Wall of Fame. Wall of shame, he writes, Josh Allen, the interception, the fumble, and several wildly dumb plays. Wall of fame, Trey White. And the refs are definitely on the shame train. Private Joker 2003 writes, Wall of, Hall of Fame is, he means Wall of Fame, is A.J. Klein, hands down. He had many more great open field tackles than misses. And to be frank, he terrorized Herbert and embarrassed the RB, blocking him a couple of times. Wall of Shame is Sal Marana for his trademark hater tweets. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And then the, the, the guys, a couple of guys talk about Sal Marana right after that. Sal Marana has us blocked on Twitter because um, of something I said about his tweet once. Not very positive, Sal Marana. Mike Taylor writes, Wall of Fame, John Feliciano. It seems like we're running to his side every time. Now, I will say, um, Mike, that uh, the Bills run to the left side like 70. It's an egregious amount. It's like 70 or 80% of the time. 
and they've always run to the left, even before John Feliciano was playing. Um, so that's that kind of goes along. I think they just feel better with uh, Deion Dawkins on that side, and before maybe with Quentin Spain. I don't know. But uh, he also writes, Wall of Fame, bend but don't break defense. Again, they just don't run to the right, hardly ever. He also writes, Wall of Shame, stupid penalties, most legit, some most or some legit, most not, and Hail Mary coverage. And then Rob Gleesey writes in, to end the uh, the Wall of Fame or Wall of Shame segment. Wall of Fame, he writes, running the running game and White's interception. Wall of Shame, penalties by the Bills, penalties called by the refs, allowing another Hail Mary and an honorable mention to the Chargers' cluelessness. So thank you guys all for writing in. As always, the Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame segment is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. So appreciate you guys taking the time to write in. Now, John, we have a segment that we're going to do now that we're on the definitely the second half of the season. We're getting closer to the postseason. We're getting closer to when records really truly matter and who you're playing against and what you're playing for matter. So we're going to go to the AFC standing segment with John, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. So, John, if the season were to end today, where would the Bills be seated, and who would they play against? So if the, se- the season ended right now, obviously the Bills are 8-3. The Titans are also 8-3. Behold the tightbreaker head-to-head, obviously. So we would have the fourth seed, winner division, and we would host the Browns for the first playoff game. So, man, that that fourth seed is not ideal because with the first team getting the bye, that means the second team plays the seventh team, the third team plays the sixth team, and the fourth team plays the fifth team. So if you have the fourth seed, you're playing the best of the lower-tier teams. Now, I'm not so worried about the Browns. That doesn't scare me. What do you think about that game? I'm I'm not really worried. If the Bills can stop the run like they did today— then I think the Bills can win that game. And it's a home game. Well, so if, if they had the third seed, they'd be playing the Dolphins. So I mean also not doesn't sound that bad. I mean a, a lot of I mean there's five games left, right? So um you have the Browns at eight and three, Dolphins seven and four, Colts seven and four. I don't know if the Colts scare me that much. Ravens are six and four, they don't scare me too much. And then the Raiders are six and five. They don't scare me too much. So I mean all those wildcard teams really don't, you know you know, you know, you're looking at the rest of the schedule for all these teams, and like, okay, the Steelers and the Chiefs are probably going to end up being the one and two seeds in some order, and then the Bills and Titans maybe um, three and four in some order. But like after that, you know, there's there's some good teams there for wild cards, but I I don't know if any of them particularly scare me. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, even looking at the Bills' schedule from here on out, that they, that doesn't necessarily scare me like it used to previously. I mean, before at the when we were looking at this, you know, five weeks ago, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a gauntlet. Now you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers, which at this point, they are five and six, not trending in the right direction. You have Pittsburgh, obviously Pittsburgh the week after, which is a, a great team. Um, again, I don't know if they truly scare me. They're 10 and 0. I think that I don't know if they're necessarily as good as their 10 and 0 record, but um that's that that is by far the hardest game that they play then they th- they play the broncos the quarterback the quarterback list broncos <laughs> who got absolutely shredded of course as you might guess when you don't have a quarterback on your roster to play um they are three and eight new england they play after that the patriots are five and six 
And then you have the Dolphins, which, you know, obviously the Bills are battling them in the division, which are seven and four. So that could end up winning the division or, you know, it, it, that's that's going to be what I'd say the Steelers and the Dolphins are going to be the toughest games that they have out. Nothing is a guarantee, but um, 12 and four, 11 and five, very likely, possibly even 13 and three. So um, wouldn't count on it. But <laughs> but yeah, so thank you, John, for that. For that segment now let's go into john mike do you, before we go into our our uh the spread for next week's game let's go into our joke of the day with mike brought to you by the DraftKings sportsbook at delago mike what do you got for us a woman is sitting at her recently deceased husband's funeral a guy leans over to her and says do you mind if i say a word and she goes no go right ahead so the guy stands up he clears his throat he says plethora and he sits back down the woman says, thanks. That means a lot. <laughs> Does that make you think, did you guys ever see the Three Amigos? John? No. Mike's, Mike's saying no. John, do you see the Three Amigos? I think so. Classic with Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and uh, Martin Short. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Well, there was like the El Guapo guy, and he always, the one guy was like, Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? A what? A plethora. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have a plethora. Jefe, what is a plethora? Why, guapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. It was just a... That always makes me think when someone says plethora. Good, jo- good joke, Mike. All right, now let's go into our uh, our segment for the Bills odds next week against the 5-6... and six San Francisco 49ers, uh, the draft, this is the, the Bill's Odds brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Mike? You guys want to guess? Against the 5 and 6 49ers, where are they playing? In? We don't know. We don't know. That's supposed to, it was supposed to be in Santa Clara, but that's uh, that's been shut down. They cannot play in that stadium, so we don't know. Um, so it's almost not like even a home game, right? You, I would think they're going to find a a stadium in relatively close proximity, right? It's not like they would play it in Buffalo. So if, if you're the Bills, you still have that disadvantage of having to go to the West Coast. And as we talked about last time, you're sleeping in a new place, so your brain is only half asleep. <laughs> so the Bills would have the same disadvantage where the Niners are all staying in their own beds. Hmm. Full brain asleep. <laughs> not constantly worrying if they're going to get killed in the middle of the night. Um I know the Bills are going to be favored because you have to just based on record eight and three versus five and six, um, but they're going cross country, so that's three points minus whatever. I, if if it was just straight up, if this was a home game, I'd give the Bills probably six points. So if it's going cross country minus three points, I'm going to say the the Bills are favored by three. John, what do you think? Bills by a billion. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> you want a real response? Yes, yes, I would like. It. I. I concur. Well, say more or less. You have to give. Okay, so he says the same. Okay, fine. Three point one. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, I'm hitting refresh at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Is Lago has them at three points. Bills favored by three. Nice, Nate Vince. Nice. All right. Exactly. I never get it exactly right. I should be an odds maker. Have I ever told you guys that? I think I could be an odds maker. 
Hey, I also got it exactly right. I agreed with you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. And then you went 3.1, which has never been you a better. You made gun. me pick something. <laughs> you should have stuck to your gun. <laughs> You're so easily, yeah, easily impressionable, John. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, oh, wait, wait, real quick, uh, giveaways. Um so there's a giveaway from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Um, we pinned it to our Twitter page. If you're not following us, please do at CTW Pod. It is a Bruce Smith jersey giveaway, and in that tweet, um, just follow the rules for that um, giveaway. Um, but if if you uh, if you find that tweet in the thread, I post our um, Bruce Smith, the interview that we did with Bruce Smith at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Del Lago. So I know we have a lot of new listeners now that we didn't necessarily have last season. So if you haven't heard the Bruce Smith interview, um it was really it was it was really fun to do, but it is really fun to listen to. He is a really cool guy and there have not been a lot of interviews done with him over the years. Um just now recently he's coming more into this public spotlight, but um this was something that the nice folks over there were uh, able to let us do. And that was our first interview with a Hall of Famer, a Bills Hall of Famer. And it was a fun time. And I would absolutely recommend you guys listen to it if you're Bills fans and if you're a, a fan of uh, Bruce Smith. It's a fun time. So thanks again for the folks over at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Um, we're going to give away three items today. And the first person to get back to us gets a choice of whatever they want. One is a DraftKings Sportsbook polo. Either it's like a Nike or Callaway version. It's super cool. Um, I kind of want one. And then we're also going to give away a Harrison Phillips signed jersey and a Harrison Phillips signed helmet. So I'm going to do three giveaways. If you're one of these people, whoever gets back to me first gets to choose whatever one you want. Um, And if you don't know how to be eligible for a weekly podcast giveaway, just leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Mention CTW or Circling the Wagons or CTW Pod somewhere in the description, and you'll be eligible every week. Um, You just have to listen and... uh, and respond back to me when you win. So three winners are S Zurg, that's S Z U R G is one of the winners. At Readin Mama Four, that's at Readin Mama Four. Like Mama is reading, reading Mama Four. And the third winner is at the critic or is just the critical chef. So the critical chef at Readin Mama Four and S Zurg. All three of you guys are winners. Email us, ctwpod at gmail.com. Um, DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and let us know that you heard this on the podcast because you also have to listen each week to find out if you won. And uh, yeah, so that does it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to stay sub- uh, I'm sorry, stay subscribed and tuned in to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network for all the insight from today's game and the previews of next week's game against the 49ers. So thank you guys all for listening. Signing off for Mike. Let's start with Mike this time. Mike? That was an awesome game. The Bills now have a 93% chance of making the playoffs. Wild to think about. Go, Bill. So for John? I just wanted to take a quick moment and say what I'm thankful for. And I am thankful for Adam Gase being in the division for five years. It's been fantastic. Let's go, Bill. 13-3. and three. Let's go. <laughs> Good one. That's a good one. Yeah. For me, Nate, go Bills still undefeated at Sunday at 1 p.m. Unfortunately, they play Monday night next week and then a Saturday game and a Sunday night game. (laughs) (laughs) All primetime games. Sweet. Well, the Bills Bills had a good Sunday 1 p.m. run (laughs) this season. I think the last game against Miami is 1 o'clock. So 
that's that's a so they're at least nine and six. <laughs> cool. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>